two light weeks in a row. Marvel, I got words. Ooh. Especially as I'm looking at what's coming out next week, and it's hefty. It's hefty? It's hefty. Yikes. But honestly, I was pleasantly surprised. With this week? This week, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I am pleasantly surprised. Justin, I'm, I'm Justin, okay? You guys, it was me the whole time. Oh, uh, yeah. I just didn't feel like saying your name this week. Since, you know, you say it often, as you've proved with your latest Justin remix. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, I have not said it because of that. Ah. You challenge me. You challenge me. Was, so it, I a, have to was it a challenge? It was. You was issued it? a challenge across this table. And you said, don't say Justin ever again. I definitely didn't, but you know, if you want to think that, that's cool. We got, we got comics. We got four comics. We got one Digi and three Tangies. X Men Unlimited number eighty nine. You can hear how tired she is with the story. I do not care anymore. That that one I was not pleasantly surprised about. Uh huh. X twenty three Deadly Regenesis number three, Deadpool number seven, and Betsy Braddock, a Captain Britain. Number four. Wow, that's so much. And there's even more that you don't even know about. What? But first... The news? News, news, news! It's the news! Even more that you don't even know about. Hey, it's it's June 1st. Happy, yeah. Happy Pride. Happy Pride, y'all. But also be aware that the Marvel app is closing tomorrow, oh. June 2nd. I don't know when I'm going to edit this and put it up. It's probably today. It might even be Saturday. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Sometimes time gets away from me. Yeah. June 2nd, the Marvel app, formerly run by Comixology, will be officially closing. Officially. Officially. And it's interesting because I, I had to go through this experience last week, having no tangies, needing to get my comics fix. There's no way currently to buy a digital comic and add it to your Marvel collection that's frustrating right the marvel app was where you could buy comics and then they would show up in the marvel app they would be organized with a beautiful organizational system <laughs> so much better than the marvel unlimited organizational system i hope they fix things i have found some workarounds but there's currently no way to add to that collection showing up in marvel unlimited so if you buy something in comicology comicsology it stays in the comicsology app well i don't want that well i'm sorry but that's how it's gonna be no. Adjust. Fix it. You fix it. All right. I will. All right. Let me know how that goes for you. So, Amazing Spider-Man number 26. Okay. The thing that was spoiled two weeks uh, ago. Yes. Okay. Kamala. And, and you were sure. Yeah. Rip the Band-Aid. Get into it. Just tell you, hey, if you're here and you don't care, you then that. And if you do, you probably already know. I mean, we've talked about it before. Sure. We talked about it before. Marvel posted it yesterday. Because they was, have no feelings. I mean, it's already out, right? It was it, the the news was out for two weeks. Yeah. Prior, and so it's it's big news because the rumor, or at least a lot of fan sentiment, is that she's going to come back in some way through mutant resurrection mm. or through something along those lines. Right. And we kind of talked about this a little bit, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, they already resurrected Captain America, so they have the ability. They have the ability. They just need the mind scan and the right, DNA right, 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 to be able to back her up with some kind of semblance of who she was. They need the building blocks. Yeah. 
They don't need Sinister, though, thankfully. Thankfully. I, I So I read the issue, and I almost tried to sneak it into your comic stack. Just oh. Honestly, I thought it was good. I, I'm I, sure it was. I'm upset, sure, about Miss Marvel dying and kind of dying in almost a throwaway kind of way. She's not really been... Well, no, I take that back. I, I am upset with Miss Marvel dying. I think, especially in a title where she's only been a very lightly background character, mm-hmm. and she's been an intern at Oscorp throughout a couple of issues of the run, but not really seen a whole lot. But just the heroism and the, the sacrifice that she makes in this issue, right. I was getting emotional. Right. I thought it was good. Uh, you know, nobody else did. Or I think like oh. maybe maybe two other people. It was uh, J. A. Arbach, author, also enjoyed it. And, well, that's and good. Reads Reads enjoyed it, and the Comic Book Club. So so people enjoy. There, there's it. a small number of people that enjoy it. Comic Extracts enjoyed it as well. So there, there's people. We're here. We're in small numbers, and we're also we're ready to move on to what else you got in your pocket, Zeb? Because this has been the big mystery. This has been the big. What did Peter do? Right. What did Peter do? Doesn't and now matter. you know. This Doesn't is matter. an X-Men podcast. This is an X-Men podcast, not a Spider-Man podcast. I just felt like this was... Daniel and I were actually talking about it. It, it could come back and have relevance right. to... Right. It could be Krakoan related. Because that's what a lot of people are thinking. So we got to pepper it in there. So right. we have that info. Some great Stormbreaker covers were released this week. Ooh. Showing us different points in X-Men history. Oh, I I'd, love points in history. I posted the one that is an homage to Uncanny X-Men 200, The Trial of Magneto. Oh. A couple other ones. Lucas Wernock has a great oh one of Dazzler. That man. Federico Vicentini, that was the X-Men 200. Yes. A handful of others. Check them out. They're great. Good stuff. Good stuff. X-Men Monday this week yes. was an X-Me Anything with Jordan D. White. Oh. Specifically relevant to our conversation today with the confirmation that Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, will be ending at issue five. Mm. But it also seemed like that was not planned for, that there was more idea of what the title could evolve into or could become or more story for Betsy. Mm, But we're not getting it. We're not getting it, at least currently. And those plans have been put on hold because of we don't know. We don't know. Because to be determined... In movie news, Across the Spider-Verse comes out this week. Yeah, it does. uh, We're going to go see it on Saturday. Yeah, because why? Because what's Saturday? It's my birthday. Why don't you want to say it? It's your birthday. I didn't want to say it, but it's fine. Well, everybody knew when it was my birthday. Now they know when it's your birthday. Well, that was your decision. Well, I took your choice away from you, I guess. Something else that we're very excited about coming up, and we have a little taste of... The Uncanny Experience. Have you heard about the Uncanny Experience? Oh, yes, y'all. We are so excited about the Uncanny Experience. This here is Lenore Zan, a.k.a. Rogue. It's Cal Dodd here, voice of Wolverine from X-Men, the animated series, Bub. I want you to join me at the Uncanny Experience, the ultimate destination for X-Men fans just like you. Where you will become a mutant student at Xavier's. And be able to explore the school campus shop the vendor hall, and meet the creators and stars of the X-Men universe. There'll be panels, parties, immersive activities all throughout the historic mansion. Whether you're a fan of the comics or the movies or the animated series, you'll find something to love. This is Chris Claremont. I'm looking forward to seeing you all 
at the Uncanny Experience. It's gonna be one hell of a ride, Bob. I bet it will be uncanny. Get your tickets now, sugar, at theuncannyexperience.com. Wow. Honestly, I cannot wait. Every day I learn more and more about the Uncanny Experience and I get so excited. Like the guests that are going to be there, the immersive elements. Like there's a a Dazzler like karaoke, karaoke party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like initiation into the Hellfire Club. Yeah. And, there's so many cool things. The visual of the space is really incredible. Right. You can you can customize your own mutant ID, and then they have like swag. You can wear uh, a, a uncanny experience cardigan, so you feel like you're part of the school. You can go super hard into the immersive part of it. So we're thrilled, so excited. Hope you're going. See you there. And in personal news, personal news. Alicia was struggling to find her personal news. Yeah, because I feel like this week flew by. And I'm like, what happened? Who am I? But I, I've got some. I've got two things. Two. Two. You had two last week. Get over it. I'm gonna have two. I gotta think of something. Say your two. Oh my god. Okay. Well, first and foremost, this past weekend we went to see the new Little Mermaid movie, and I just—it was like probably one of the happiest moments I've had in a long time of just pure joy. Like, I grew up loving. Ariel, I used to tell my mom, I'm a mermaid. I can't get out of the water. Like I would put in the pool. Like I would just pretend I was a mermaid. And I just felt like that movie was just absolute perfection. And it made me so happy to see it. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's so good. But the other personal news I have is like kind of an embarrassing story slash something that Justin is not letting me live down. So therefore, I just have to put it out into the world so it other people know it exists. Our, I was, we were bringing in a bike that we got for Justin the other day and it just like truly showed my awkward humanness where my neighbor just said like, oh, get ready for the bike path. And I should have just said yes. I should have just said like, yep. But instead I was like, oh, well. And then I like went into this whole elaborate story about like the bike and what it was for and how we have other bikes and this bike is for something specific. And like. And you could see on this woman's face, she was just trying to go inside. She was just walking inside. She was like, gosh, darn it. Not what I wanted. She just said, oh, okay. And then (laughs) went inside and I was like, I hate myself. I am the worst. And that's my personal news. And now you know why I do not let her live it down because that's just too much fun. It's too funny. Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah. My personal news. Two. I have two. Oh, you have two? I I had to, you know. Hey, so it's really more of an update from last week. Mm -hmm. I've started going through those boxes of comics. Oh, yeah. Uh, Some other highlights that I have pulled, all eight issues of Secret Invasion which I had never actually read before. All of the comics are coming from a period of time where I was not collecting or reading. That's pretty cool. Which is awesome. It's like someone was doing the work while you weren't, and now you've been gifted them. For free! For free! And a solid, like, 200 issues of The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. It, there's entirely too many. So oh, like, many. Quadrupling my previous collection of Amazing Spider-Man, which is really just... The run with Moreland's first appearance where Peter's a uh, teacher at a high school. So you're so you're hyped. I'm actually really excited. I've been bagging and boarding them and just pouring over the covers. It's great. 
Second bit, it's June 1st. Yeah. For the last year, for the last 365 days, every day, twice a day, I have written in a journal. Yes. And it just came up today because it was the 365th day is the, the other side of the start. And I just feel like that's a, you know, I, I'm proud of that. I'm that proud is- of sticking with that habit of continuing with this. And it's a it's a book about philosophy and stoicism and like these big concepts to ponder and think about and just really how it relates to your life and the world and the people around you. Uh, it's just been really enjoyable and a lot of fun. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. And now the poll. The poll. The poll has actually changed since I wrote these numbers. Oh. So we have two entries into the poll. Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, and Wade Wilson, Deadpool. Wade Wilson, Deadpool. Okay. So you want to know which one wins the poll? Uh, Captain Britain. Yep. By 57%. 56% to 44%. Captain Britain. Yeah. It's almost identical to last week with the near 50 50 split yeah it's because there's no like showstopper book so people are like "Mm, maybe maybe it's this one maybe it's this one they could pancake it flip-flop next week watch out watch out next week whoa we have uh, a couple of less so questions well one question and two general statements captain two michael wants to know what mutant would you date and michael said that he would date either snowbird or maddie for him, which Maddie Ooh, is Maddie. chaos. That's that chaos. That is chaos. Um, well, when so you did tell me about this question as a precursor, so I could prepare. My initial instinct was just choose magic. Just choose magic for all your answers. I date magic, but my real answer is that I just don't know. I don't. I get Gambit. I choose Gambit. I know why. Why? Because. It's the same reason why my second choice was Rogue. Because <laughs> we are Rogue and Gambit? Yeah. <laughs> when I was Who was a, your first choice? When I was a kid, I had a crush on Storm. Ah, well, that makes sense. Everyone did. How, who she's doesn't? amazing. Who sure. doesn't? Sure. To this day, who doesn't? Uh, no, that's why she's still my first answer. Yeah. But Rogue was also, uh, yeah, no, it would probably be Rogue too. Yeah. Yeah. Warlion said, see you next week. No, I didn't quit comics, but the releases are weird at Marvel these days. <laughs> I'm glad that he, he, he gave us that little bit of like, hey, you know, I'm fine. It's okay. Uh, yeah, because when we don't hear from people that we hear from regularly, we get worried. We get worried because yeah. I even sent them that back. I was like, oh, man, I was I was concerned. Yeah. He did say a bit that I did not include in the news. Oh, it's actually right after this. But PJ, Kid Wolf, said that the books this week they were pretty meh. Which, you know, seems to be a general sentiment, was actually my sentiment going into the books. And, like I said before, pleasantly surprised. Oh. Well, that's kind of my sentiment coming out of the books. Pleasantly surprised? No, meh. Oh. Well, okay. Great. I'm on the meh team. Team meh. Well, I started the meh team and then I left them. <laughs> and I have shifted you, to a new team. You no longer associate with them, so you cannot claim them as your own. Doctor Strange. Yeah. A book Warlion did read. Oh. Jean Grey makes an appearance. Oh, snap. And Mysterium makes an appearance. What? It's kind of like towards the end, but it plays into the full story. It was really interesting. It was this meeting between uh, a semi, a somewhat annual parlay meeting between Dr. Strange and Dormammu. Okay. Which was really. They're checking in. Yeah. 
they they were what kind of shenanigans are you up to Dormammu right keep it in check man and it was I mean I've always kind of been interested in this Doctor Strange series yeah primarily because I like the writer and I'm interested in Doctor Strange it's just my pull is at capacity currently and <laughs> I have Marvel Unlimited so I'll see you in a couple months can't get any more books yeah don't know where it would go in my collection so I just don't <laughs> want to deal with it right now but it was really interesting and the use of Mysterium and Jean Grey coming in as the support for Doctor Strange. Cool. Thanks, Warlion. Check it out if you're interested. Let me know what you think. Are you ready for X-Men Unlimited? No, I'm not. But we'll talk about it. X-Men Green. Not the final issue like we uh, thought. Yeah, we were doing our Patreon episode. We were talking about what's what's happening, what's coming up. And we. I was so hyped. I was like, the conclusion of X-Men Green. And it basically just took everything that's happened and made it worse. Yeah, or, it was, or just made Lin Lee worse. Or don't call me that because that's not my name. It basically was just the battle. Like we left off with Armageddon Girl coming to like gathering all the elements and saying like this is my ultimate power she basically has her jafar genie moment and then great reference thank you and then proceeds to just like trounce the x-men kill them all like she's she's absorbing and like basically stealing all the oxygen away from firestar's fire she drops one of the genus drops on Iceman and starts devolving him. Forge is trying to fix it. She like knocks out Jean Grey with the sense of the death of every bug in the world at once. Like just just all the bugs that are dying in that minute or in that moment, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. And you think about, you know, to, to play devil's advocate, you think about the empathetic relationship that she has with all of these living creatures mm-hmm. and the fact that she constantly feels the pain that's going on because of their death just because right that's what she right. said these insects are dying you know how many times do you kill a bug in a day right right multiply that by how many people are in the world she feels that right and now with her jacked up power she's able to yeah. shock that back into gene and sync yeah so basically we're getting like little moments with each x-men where she's doing things you know magic is trying to take her her lightning strikes and put them through portals uh spider girl kind of comes in swoops and save magic from a blow oh freaking talon i i love this okay let me just laser beam fastball special because your your eye beam cyclops will power me to fly and my legs will heal eventually i thought that was interesting i thought that was really unique use of uh a way to simulate a combo move in a different way. Yeah, it was crazy though. Sure. And then and then she like, I don't know, grows a tree inside Cyclops or something crazy and like but but like all that we're getting is just watching her destroy each member of the X-Men team one by one and we're left with like okay, now she's going to take on the world. And I just like I understand that this is like her big bad moment. This is her evolution into the fullest villain. But like, I just don't care about this storyline anymore. And I feel bad for saying that, but I'm just, I don't. Well, there you go. I don't know that I would say that I care about this storyline, but this was a pretty epic battle. And wow, Nature Girl is way overpowered. I do agree that it was an epic battle. I just feel like we should have got the conclusion. Like, why do we have to have another one? Why do you feel that? I think it's because you want to be done with it. Yes. So got to get rid of that because you're not writing the book. You're just enjoying the book or not. 
<laughs> I'm just reading it. Emphasis on the or not. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Emilio Lasso. Colorist Rachel Rosenberg. Letters Travis Lanham. VCs Travis Lanham. We actually, we had the most comments about X-Men Unlimited. Oh, geez, Louise. Blonde China loves the inclusion of Unlimited in the question post. I've been adding it into the question. Normally, I wouldn't screenshot the ah. Unlimited. <laughs> it's because hashtag it's a slow week. We're spoiled to be complaining, LOL, from yeah, yeah. Blonde China. Michael, it's just, it's hilarious because we are spoiled and, and it's ridiculous to be complaining. But at the same time, I want my books. I want my good books. Yeah. Rem Springer, Remy saying that Scott is having a terrible year and he usually does, <laughs> but this is somehow worse than usual to just see him devolved yeah, into a that, tree. That was rough. To see. It painful. Yeah. And to know what's brewing in between Gene and Scott to. Yeah. Yeah. He's having a rough go. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Car Crash Carlos says, what are they doing to Lynn? And that's the big question. Well, she's cursed. That's the thing. Like she's, she's. She's spiraling and it's not her fault. And, and like, I don't know her from her previous comics, so I don't have as much of a connection to her as other people. Nicest person in the world. Yeah. So that seems very highly out of character, but I think that's kind of the point is that this is very much not who she is. So yeah. they're like, yo, this is not who you are. What's going on? Who are you? Who knows? Maybe next week it'll be the end. Maybe. You know, maybe, one can hope. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we'll get another one. Next week is issue 90 of X-Men Unlimited. So, I don't know. Round numbers is nice. Uh, okay. How many issues have, has this arc been? I don't know. I fell asleep. Four? Three? I think this was the third of this arc. So No, which... this is not. It's more than three because there's at least three others than this issue. Oh. So then maybe there is only one more. Maybe it's five. Or maybe it's six, or maybe it's eight, or maybe it's 12. He's just making crazy eyes at me right now. Are you ready to talk about Laura Kinney? Yeah. X-23, Deadly Regenesis number three. Yeah, let's talk about this Puppet Master cover. I love that. It's great. Metaphorical covers for the win. Mm-hmm. If you've been reading along, you know that this speaks a lot of the truth to their relationships between these three characters, like pitted against each other while the puppet master pulls the strings. Right, because she totally knows that she's making them hate each other when it's really all her fault. Right. Let's dig in, shall we? Page turn noise. We are starting with our title page. The past haunts us all. Part three. Written by Erica Schultz. Art by Edgar Salazar. Colors Carlos Lopez. Letters Corey Petit. VCs Corey Petit. That cover by Kalman Andrasovsky. Kimura's the worst. Can we just agree? Yeah. Can we agree as she she just beats on Laura here? Yeah. And I, I really, what I like a lot about this particular issue is the parallels between what's happening now and her past and like, you know, her getting beat downs then and now. Her being in a cage then and now. Her trying to deal with her rage then and now. Like that's it's all really cool in the framing and it gives you a deeper context into sort of how she's developed since that time and I also like the way that she 
in that instance, in her past, didn't really have control. And now she has had that lived experience and in the present can tap into that version of herself, but doesn't isn't necessarily lost in it. Right. Which I think is an interesting thing to think about how Kimura is potentially underestimating Laura's strength of character yes. in that she has the ability to stand up for herself and to fight back and to do something that not going to be happy for Kimura. Yes. I love this page. Wolverine sharing the the Wolverines sharing their understanding of rage this mm-hmm. peek into how Logan can help Laura through things that he's dealt with himself and and really build him up as somewhat of a father figure right yeah that's very nice and just the stylization of the flashback panels I think is really cool yes the, just the yeah kind of weathered colors yeah and I love when they do that because it helps make it clear yeah. where we are in the story Imagine having someone just reach in and tickle your bones. No, what? I did not know Kumara could do this. Sure. She's just like, oh, let me check. Let me give you a checkup. I'm gonna go in here and stick my hand in your rib cage. She's phasing. Who's she? Kitty Pride? What's happening? She is not Kitty Pride. And that guard. But she does have intangibility. <laughs> that that guard almost throwing up because <laughs> of it. Which is great. You know, whenever you have a visual gag like that, that just colors the scene. That's yeah. great. So basically, Kimura is giving her a little checkup so she can see, like, where are you at? Are you ready for this mission? And then she's like, well, you're still partially got a, a cracked rib, but I'm just going to spray you with this healing, non-healing stuff again so I can take you out and do my bidding. Yeah. Neutralizing Laura's powers and kind of triggering this idea within her mind, I don't need my healing ability to fight you. I can I can just lay and wait and then attack when necessary. Right. I just feel like there's this sense of, I'm not afraid. I don't care what you do to me. And if I die because I'm taking you down, I don't care. Yeah. Because I'll take you down. This idea that Kimura can torment Laura as long as she doesn't kill her. Right. Because there's a big boss. The boss wants you now, alive. I want to know who the bo- who's the boss. Tony Danza. Tony Danza. New facility. This is a new facility, but the same routine. Kimura just making her feel like she's alone in this world, mm. and just kind of upping this narrative that Laura has no one coming for her. She's been made soft by the X Men. Well, and, and I also think she's very intentionally putting Laura in settings, like the the idea yeah. of putting her in, in that the, small in cage. cage is right. Like I'm playing mental games with you. 100%. I'm putting you back to where you were once before so that you're triggered to to fall back into your old routines. And I just think it's so interesting the way that Kimura just is like you're going to do what I want. I I have control in this situation. Are you ready for the nickel tour? Oh, the nickel tour. Wave to Jordan. Don't you all hate each other? Yay. Jordan's like, don't look at Ugh, me. I'm going to kill you. These, this, the desperate employees working for MGH. The fact yeah. that they, they're drug addicts, essentially. Yeah, and drug addicts working on drugs. Right. And and so it's for the, more only, drugs. the only way that they could have someone do this is by luring them into this trap, essentially. And the way that she's like... Their tolerance, they'd have to down a whole vat of the liquid stuff just to get half of what's in these pills. They are drugging these people up so intensely that this person it isn't getting their next dose in time and then starts foaming at the mouth. Yeah, seizing, yeah. And seizing. Yeah, it's just absolutely horrible. And, and 
you know, the, but they're just disposable workers. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So they're walking through the, the hallway and this conversation that Kimura is asking Laura about her toe claw. Doesn't that make a clanking noise when yeah. you're walking? Isn't that crazy? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not crazy. Also, this moment of like, you're a superhero now and and Laura being like, well, the things I used to do were not heroic. And we get this shot of her ripping open a shower while two people are hiding in the shower and everyone's bloody. And I'm just so curious as to what is happening. Murder. What kind of murder? Why are we murdering these two seemingly, is that a child? Is that a mother and a child? Is that a, why are they in the shower with their clothes on with the water running? If you're hiding in the shower, don't turn the water on. Sure, yeah. Foolish. (laughs) This image, the uncanny X-Force on the next page, Mm. the blood on my hands, but for a positive purpose. This was cool. I I just love this lineup. And I I want the rest of these in action figure form, please, Hasbro, please. Hasbro, please. I mean, they exist. They're just really expensive and I can't afford them or I don't want to afford them. They already exist. Why are they more expensive than regular Marvel Legends? They were an exclusive box set years ago. Oh. Explicitly Warpath and Archangel. Oh. And I think Wolverine, but he's been re-released. Ah, because you have him. Yes. Now we're going to check out the, the nice little retirement wing that we have. These, they're not great people, so you shouldn't want to save them. But here, here's where we store them. Yeah. In this dark room as they are medically induced in whatever kind of stasis they're in. So essentially, when they foam at the mouth and seize... When they can't we, keep going. We just keep them here for insurance purposes. We'll stick them in a closet because we can't have you running around telling our secrets. Yeah. We can't have you running around telling our secrets. And maybe we secretly did this just because we need leverage over you, Laura, because we know that you have these hero tendencies now. So if we actually... We can't threaten you... So instead, we'll threaten to murder these helpless people on machines if you don't listen to me. Yeah, she's just straight up goading her. Let's see what you got. This desire to protect people regardless of what they've done. This inner struggle that Laura's having right. about, well, okay, like these aren't the best people, but does that mean that they, they deserve, deserve to die? They don't deserve this, no, right. right. And then, yeah, she's given a chance. Like her, her cuffs are off, her claws are out, and... This is what I'm saying about Kamara just being like, yeah, come at me. Let's go. What do you got? And the second Laura comes at her, she shoots one of these patients. Right just, in the head. Just takes them right out. Oh, and, and this this panel of Laura slicing oh. downwards into the ground right in front of Kimura, stopping herself from, yeah. I don't know, it just... It just the inner monologues, I love them. Yeah, and this just struggle of like, do I go for it? Because, just kill her. Because I could kill her before she pulls the trigger. However, she's made it very clear that she's the reason that these other people are alive and controls these drug addicts and, and what they need. So if I kill her, it's not just going to be like, boop, she's dead. It's a much larger issue. What would you have done? The same thing that Laura did, probably. Oh. You would have killed her? I, I think so, yes. I don't know. I am not a killer, right? <laughs> yeah. Violence makes me squeamish. So <laughs> probably not. Probably not, but if I was a murder clawed clad dude, I might have killed her. Especially if she was right in front of me and I was that fast and had adamantium claws. 
Yeah, but I, I'd be too concerned about how that would affect other people. I'd need to have a, a stronger plan. Yeah, kill all three of these people. The two guards as well. <laughs> so in, <laughs> instead of killing them, she's going to go back to her cage and she's going to get a slideshow of all the people we're torturing. We're just going to show you their happy face pictures and read you their names and tell you their ages. This guy, the, the data entry guy that has his daughter being oh threatened God. everyone is here against their will yeah no Nobody's one wants happy to work here. here right except for kimura she's, she's happy yeah, she's living it she's happy her boss is like kind of happy sure and she agrees what is the mission what's the mission so there you have it next x23 is back under kimura's control what'd you think i i enjoyed it i like it a lot I still think it it really parallels a Logan story, but I do I am feeling it it give a little bit of individual identity to Laura. And I like learning about, you know, her past and her trauma and seeing her character development because I, I don't know a lot about her outside of Krakoa, so it's cool to kind of see this side of her and see her really her struggle with being controlled and it makes sense to know like this is why she's not you know super thrilled around a lot of people because she's uncomfortable yeah this may have been my favorite book of the week Ooh. at the same time i was pleasantly surprised by each of these something that I, i'm just gonna keep on saying Th this dive into laura's mindset and process has been really interesting to see and her history is not something that i have a ton of background on mm -hmm. i've read all new wolverine I've read a couple of other appearances here and there, but this as a dial into the trauma, a dial into the manipulation, overall big fan. Looking forward to the next issue, which may be repeated again throughout the week because Ooh. I just feel like, uh, yeah. Two questions. One from Eric Hoffman. Uh, can I vote for Bub's Princess X-23 since Deadpool was in the poll? Right? Bub's Princess. I think that's what he's referring to as Laura. <laughs> not princess the dog no i like that but also i don't know if princess is the right word but i'm into it <laughs> bub's princess x23 oh you know what i didn't like that kimura keeps calling her x sure i'm like x x x i'm like stop well that's because she's not a person to her she's a thing she's a lab experiment yeah but she's x23 she's right. not there's 22 other x's she's a derivative of x that that's what it comes from. She is kind of a, a forward creation from Weapon X. Got it. Eric said that this had some good flashback moments. Really liked seeing her think about what Logan told her about dealing with the rage and anger inside. What a dad figure. That's Pops Lolo. <laughs> Pops Lolo. Pops princess Lolo. Bubs. <laughs> the Bubs Princess. Yeah. Great names. I love, love it. Them. I, lo I love a good nickname. Vaderino said, Kimura gonna Kimura. I need Emma to show up and put the whammy on her again, please. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, I mean, anytime Emma might come in. Let's, and put the whammy on anybody. Sure, especially a terrible person. Let's go. It's time to go. To the Deadpool? To the Deadpool. Wade Wilson, Deadpool. Wade Wilson, Deadpool. Number seven. What do you think about this cover? Uh, it's epic space battle. I I really like the Atelier. Yeah, they're as cool. individual characters. They're I, fun. Yeah, 
they're ridiculous. They're wildly inventive. I don't want them all to die. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But for now, only some. Page turn noise. Pick a card. We're getting a little a little atelier flashback. Family dinner. This is how we decide what happens on a mission. Who does what? It's a really great explanation of these characters that I know nothing about. I'm pretty sure they're all new. The dynamic here is cool to unveil. Yes. And I think it's interesting. So they're drawing cards, right? If you get a skull... That means you get to kill somebody. However, Valentine says that they got this babysitter card and that seems to be like a golden chest. But the card that they actually got is a black dot, which in like pirate world lore. Yeah. in pirate lore, if if someone gives you a black dot or you get a black dot, that's basically saying your death is coming. Yeah. So that's interesting that they lie about it. And then there's also blank cards, which mean you don't do anything this time around. And then there's like the body cleanup card. Yeah. And I just think that's a really fun way to decide who's doing what on a mission. You know, this, this secret society of murdery assassins has rules. They have a way about doing things. And <laughs> I love that for them. Yeah. But now it's time for the title page. Which, let me take a deep breath before I read this title. Heh, how about the start to that first date, huh? Swipe left, I mean right, I mean left, to see how it goes. Heavenly Bodies, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Luigi Zagaria, colors Matt Miller, letters Joe Sabino, PC Joe Sabino, Martin Cococolo, and Niraj Menon on the cover. Okay. I almost didn't notice that this was a different art team than it normally is. I mean, the colors, you kind of get a difference of their texture, their vibrance. Oh, yeah. I don't think I noticed that it was. So Martin and Niraj, that's the team that we've had for the other issues. Mm -hmm. They're the cover team. Oh, interesting. But they're not the internal team. Right. Interior. No, internal. Okay. (laughs) No, they're not the interior team. No. On to Planetarium Peril. Dun, dun, dun. Does this trash talking about Last Bites bookings? I love it. Better House and Gardens? I just love that Last Bite is a vampire who cooks, is on the cover of a cooking and gardening magazine, but told all his uh, evil friends that he was on GQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really hyping yourself up there, Last Bite. And Ravona. A werefox. Oh, what's a werefox? Yeah. We don't know because we don't get to answer any questions about them because it's like a werewolf, but a fox. Battle. Yeah. Deadpool just jokes his way into submission. You know, (laughs) oh, yeah, this and this. And then, oh, I'm being thrown out of a window or into a wall. And then we get these comments about Valentine. Does, Does Deadpool know who you really are? Right. Who are you? Well, I mean, I think that that hints towards what they normally do with the Atelier, right? Are they working Deadpool? Right, but Deadpool knows that they're with the Atelier. So I feel like there's something else about Valentine's powers or their origin or... Well, especially having them be on the outs with the group themselves. Yeah, like there's something else going on that we don't know. We're not going to find out. No. No. We've got 
battles and stolen sodas. Yeah, and, they, and they retreat without the, the wine, soda wine. The rage that this stirs in Deadpool. I bought those at full price. The, the almost killing strike into Ravona. <laughs> this, this panel of Deadpool stabbing his swords into Ravona and then using that as a jumping off point. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, there's so many awesome epic battles. The tiny bats, the tiny bites from the tiny bats. <laughs> Just how ridiculous he is. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed this issue. Oh my gosh. And and <laughs> last bite trying to like hypnotize Deadpool and like mind control him and then Deadpool just pokes him in the eyes. He does like He's a three like, stooges. Yeah. Mind control doesn't work on me, dummy. All of this is happening while our good friend Lady Deathstrike Hanging out with her BFF princess. Come on. Deathstrike's dog duty, like literally, photo proof needed of the dog duty. I need proof of the poop. Her grabbing the bridge of her nose and just <sighs> just the, the anguish in her face. As, How did I get here? Right. Because this is not who she has been. <laughs> this is not my, my favorite thing to do on a no, Saturday night. This is not the Lady Deathstrike that we know. But I do love it. Oh, yeah. Prince is running in to save Papa after this giant explosion goes off in the background. Oh, my God. Princess's crazy eyes live for them. Yeah. Wow, Papa! We get the extended data page of the text thread. And I like this so much because I love that in the previous panel, you see a section of this. Right. And you see the last the last text you see on that thread is Deadpool saying, like, do you want me to do you want me to invite you to the to my picture library that I have of Princess? And then we now get to see the answer where no. she says no. And then Definitely hours later, she says yes. <laughs> and then literally three minutes after that. Here you go. Here it is. Here it is. Why do you have hundreds of pictures of her already? Oh, gosh. And the, you have one of me. Get, yeah. it, get it off there. I just love their relationship. I love this little family that's brewing. Right, right. Deathstrike warming up to Deadpool's antics, but then flipping out. You know, I, right. I will let you in to an extent, but then step back. Yes. Princess coming in as reinforcements. Hello, Papa. <laughs> as Valentine lights up Ravona. Mm-hmm. But in the end... The actual demise of each of them is, one, princess just... <laughs> I am here now too, just, Papa. <laughs> the face. I love princess. I've loved princess since they were a tiny squiggly symbiote named Renesme all the way to now. But just like the fact that they stick their symbioteness all yeah. up through Last Bite and just take them out like that. Yeah. That's rough. And then how are we going to take out? And I am a growing girl who needs her vitamins. Snap. Are bones vitamins? Yeah, sure. Calcium. Okay. Calcium. Yeah. I now have a lot of calcium. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's ridiculous. I love it. And then, you know, we've got another, we've got a, a were fox to kill. So how shall we do that? Drop the moon. Not to scale. Yeah. However, not to scale. That's it. We wrap up. Hey, let's maybe have a little romantic time before busted by the NYPD. And then what's better than a date in jail? Nothing. This last panel. After Deathstrike breaks them out of jail and they're all 
Riding. Like Narnia riding. Princess through the streets. Not Narnia. Um, never ending story. Never ending story. Yeah. <laughs> and Princess is so happy. But you know who's not happy? The Atelier. Yeah. And they got pictures of the whole thing. Foiled. Who's this shadow face guy? That's the emperor. Yeah. That's the leader. Yeah. And what does he want? He wants Valentine, Deadpool, dead. And he wants Princess for himself. Bring me the dog. No, you can't have the dog, okay? I mean, I, I was happy to see this last data page of the additional details on Last Bite in Ravona, but also sad that they died. Yeah, they're gone now. Next issue, meet the family. What'd you think? I think we I think we talked about it almost entirely throughout that This was my this was my book of the week. It, it was definitely my favorite issue of the run so far. And it probably was my book of the week as well. It was my book of the week because I had the most fun reading it. Yes. I wouldn't say it was like the most epic story, but I just enjoy the levity, the humor, the yeah. quirkiness of this comic so much. And I thought the art was actually really beautiful. Yeah, it was. And to have almost the entire issue being this action sequence mm-hmm. in great detail and with some character defining elements to to seed in what's Valentine's actual motivation and then to frame all that with the Atelier doing whatever it is that they're doing, trying to send in another duo to to kill these fo- folks. Yeah, it just feels very sitcom-y you yeah. know especially with Deathstrike and princess on on their sub story that then merges into the main story i just it's a lot of fun I even really last like issue it. i was saying that it's just like a sitcom right exactly yeah i just feel like all the elements are coming together and hitting lady deathstrike as the reluctant friend slash dog walker is hilarious these characters from the atelier getting some dimension and expansion i thought the fill-in art did a stellar job and you might not even notice that it was different. Like you right, did not. Yeah, I did not. I, I love how thinking about how this second arc spins out of the first arc, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's really good layering of concepts with princess having been developed through the first arc and now coming in, plus the audition being what really brought the whole story yeah, out and together. Yes. It just feels like one big story segmented into parts. Yes. It's going somewhere. It's coming together now, y'all. Eric Hoffman thinks he liked the pacing and action of Deadpool best this week. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I'm saying that. Not really a fan of Wade. It had a great balance of humor, action, and the story actually moving along, unlike others. Hmm. <laughs> Eric has some words about yeah. B- BBCB. Me too. Sure. Vaderino, all caps, so much fun. Hmm. Deathstrike and Princess are fantastic. And I'm honestly sad to lose Last Bite and Ravona. Yeah. They were a lot of fun. Hope someone brings them back as bickering werefox and vampire is a great bit. Yeah. And I think like their dynamic, even to think of how they fit into this larger group of assassins. And I forgot the moment when Deadpool was like, oh, I already made all my Twilight jokes. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Oh, wait, next time. It. All right. Our, our book of the week by the polls, which as we've both announced that the other two books are probably our book of the week. Yeah, this is not my book of the week, but that's okay. Captain Britain. Let's talk about the cover. I don't love the cover. Why? I like the layout of the cover. I just, it's Betsy's face for me. Oh, that sure, yeah. I really don't like. Yeah, it, it definitely looks different. But I mean, 
I like the I like the layout. I like the you know we got all the, our elements. The robot synergy, mm-hmm. disaster coming for our duo. Yeah. So uh, let's dive in, shall we? Yeah. Page turn noise. As we fence with Tony. Tony, we're picking up where we left off. You right? know, a little playful fencing moment where Tony's like, "Yeah, well, I fenced in college," and Betsy's like, "That's nice. I just fought King Arthur. Yeah, Do you yeah. have something else to say, Tony?" I'm literally a swordswoman. I'm I'm a knight. Okay. Yeah, right. Chill. But then they're like, ha, ha, ha. It's the exchange of swords and snaps on each other. Right, right. They're having a grand old time really to get to the bottom of the fact that Betsy's saying, listen, I need you and the Avengers to come be bait for my plan. Are you in? Yeah. So I want to talk about the art for a second. Mm-hmm. I really like some faces. The ones on the bottom of that first page that you're looking at where like the gaping mouth of just like, uh, yeah, uh. <laughs> that looks a little strange. But the other ones, I really like the dimension and detail on their faces. Yeah, I I, I think I don't mind because, yeah, I mean, it is a little odd that like they're just talking and their mouths are open so wide. But at the same time, I it didn't it didn't bother me. But I see. I see it now. I love this reasoning about enlisting the Avengers for bait. Right. To come to Tony to to want to collaborate, but to to come to quote unquote Earth's mightiest heroes and and say no, I really just need you to be there to draw something in, to draw the fury in. You know what the fury is, right? Don't you, Tone? Right, and it's I mean, listen, it's gonna be good for you and for me for PR. So right. just do it. I can't trust Jamie and the X Men won't be able to just come in and solve this problem. Yeah, because, because everybody here hates mutants. Right. It's a win-win for the PR of everyone. Pause for a title page. Defender of the Realm. Earth's Most Furious. Written by Tini Howard. Art by Vasco Georgiev. Colors Eric Arseniega. Letters Ariana Maher. VCs Ariana Maher. Erica Diorso and Matthew Wilson on that cover. Ascani's Fate. What? I don't know what's happening right now. Rachel's gotten some crazy Doctor Strange eye going on. Yeah. Her third eye is opening up, maybe, and this... she's she's learning the secrets of Ascani. Well, so being called or starting to be called Ascani brings her closer to a future version of herself that we've seen in comics. Right. So Mother Ascani, who is the leader of Clan Ascani in the in the They're deep the future, ones who save Baby Cable. Baby Cable. Like baby baby cable. Baby baby baby. Not Babel. No. Like baby, baby, baby Nathan. Ka- baby Nathan. Yeah. That's the one. And it seems as though because of that, it's allowing Rachel to access a little bit more development in what she can see. And between Leah and Teeny, Rachel's really leveled up the whole mm. chrono skimming, the whole like seeing into potential futures, seeing into potential pasts, this ability to essentially see human experience as a library and herself as the librarian. What's interesting to me is that that's the same way that Mother Righteous sees things. Sure, yeah. And, hmm, intrigue. Is Mother Righteous Ascani? No. No. (laughs) No, get get that out of here. (laughs) Honestly, after this series ends, I would love to see Rachel take focus of a book. I would. Yes, let's go. Yeah. I I feel like it's long overdue and she's got a lot going for her. Yeah. 
for reals. She is always in my short list of favorite characters. Yeah. So we've got a a data page. It's going to give us the business. A little bit more detail on the Ascani record, right? So we each add to this collective awareness of the universe. Everybody that can see, whether you actually have eyes or not, all of your experience gives us something to draw from. And Ascani, Rachel, is beyond her current form or, or some kind of subconscious part of her is this librarian, is this being that is able to see all of this experience, to see this as a treasure trove to pull from and protect that information for, quote, the time when the record of our souls is needed, which, come on, that's impending doom. Yeah, and it's interesting the way they refer to the you know, the sacred timeline, which yeah, is yeah. TVA related. You sure. Know? I was like, hmm. Well, hmm. And, and to, to say, no, it's not just a predestined timeline. It's something that has some potential, has some, you could go this way, you could go that way. Yeah. To have that family photo of Rachel, Nathan, Scott, Scott and Jean. Yeah. And knowing how intertwined their stories are in Ascani. Which is so weird. Just let me talk about it for a second. So Nathan is the son of Madeline yeah. and Scott. Yeah. Rachel yeah. is the daughter of Jean and Scott. From an alternate universe. So but Rachel Rachel So Rachel raises her brother, but in a weird time warp situation. Essentially, yes. Rachel right. is an alternate reality daughter of Scott and Jean in a situation where Jean didn't quote unquote didn't die. Phoenix. Oh no, she Phoenix, but she she was not buried into the bottom of Jamaica Bay. Jamaica Bay. Oh, Jamaica Bay. And because of that, Rachel has more of a, a, a deep connection to the Phoenix because she comes from a gene that actually bonded with the Phoenix versus being impersonated by. Right. At okay. least that's my understanding. Okay. At me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Betsy's coming back from her little some, her little uh tete tete with Tone. Yeah, this is some Braddock family values left and right. Just, Everybody's gonna get ready. Brian is the annoyed older brother to literally everyone. And I love Maggie. Little Maggie's excitement over Betsy t fencing with Tony. Oh, yeah. I oh, just love really? little Maggie. Yeah. And this like, well, it's fine. Like, Rachel's not dressed. Rachel's like, I'm dressed. I'm dressed. I'm ready. I'm this doing is... Ascani things. Yeah. This next page, like, I, their relationship is lovely. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And I like the like, oh, we can't be late because everybody, you know, this is a big deal. And then... Brian's like, the helicopter's here. And they're like, now nah, we're going to do it real quick. We'll, we'll just take it. <laughs> we'll take a gate. gate. We'll meet you there. We got things to do. We put this dress on to take this dress off to put this dress back on again. We're going to walk the red carpet like a family. I love Megan. Oh, yeah. Oh, Megan. I heard there's rumors of, of another baby. She's like, really? Where'd that start? Nightcrawler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Oh, From the God. first Hellfire Gala. <laughs> Where everyone was like, hey, Nightcrawler, are you, are you and Megan up to something? What's going on? Oh, yeah. And he's like, what? I'm drunk. I don't know. Which timeline-wise is 
questionable. Yeah, how how two years ago is she <laughs> pregnant? <laughs> how has it not been nine months when it's been two iterations of the X Men? I don't know. Explain that to me. Marvel. <laughs> Jerry. I don't care. X desk. I don't care. I love the team. Yeah. And Betsy's going to take this microphone. She's going to tell you the business. Yeah. I, I think that this is great. I, I So I, I go back and forth. The reason why I was not excited for this issue largely has to do with the fact that, you know, what we've been talking about for the past couple weeks, months, whatever, that this just feels like the same story. It feels like Betsy versus everyone, especially Morgan and the impression that she leaves to people and to have her stand up for herself here and to actually take Mm -hmm. control of the situation and the narrative and say, I'm Captain Britain. Anything you want to know about Captain Britain? Ask me, ask me. I'm the person, not Brian. And, and even Brian being like, "Mm, Captain Avalon now, right? Get it right. Y'all. I like the, uh, telepathic banter. Yes. Yes. As we're, mingling through the crowd and we and find out about Betsy's magazine spread. Sure. Well, and we also hear from Rachel that the people here love you. Like yeah. you know the general public may be against you and especially with mutant sentiment at a weird right. point here in England. Well, it seems like it's more the media sure. is against her, right? right? They're they're pushing, which is a an element that we've been talking a lot about is the idea of propaganda and what's actually put in your face is like what the narrative is versus what the everyday person is actually feeling and thinking right yeah betsy's interview on this data page sweet adding detail to her thinking and her reasoning and her story i thought it was good yeah it was, it was fun, fun. oh <laughs> plus that david nakayama illustration yeah, let's get it again it's lovely and they made their appearances and they just got a bounce they got a bounce because hey we got a fury to lure to danger okay questions yeah is who is this is this really brian no Betsy says that she is tricking the Fury to think that they're seeing Brian. So that's Betsy. I don't know if that's actually Betsy or if that's just some some hologram or Okay, because some... it's going to come into play later in the end of the issue where I'm confused and I'm hoping that you can... I got it. All right. We'll get there. He knows. Well, I got to say, I knew immediately that this... First attack, this blonde hair, red gloves. I was like, yeah, Captain Marvel. Who's the second one? Thor. Who's the third? Scarlet Witch. Fourth? Black Panther. Fifth? I don't know. That Vision. One. Vision. Okay. I wasn't sure. Just yellow gloves. And to have Iron Man starting it off on the page before, Falcon not making an entry here, or, or Captain America, I'm sorry, right. not making an entrance here. But this is the Avengers team. This is yeah, Avengers cool. issue one from Jed McKay already tying into the X-Men universe. I love it. I do too. And you should read Avengers number oh, one. Oh my goodness. Look at this page. This page is really great. This is probably one of my favorite pages of the issue. It's so awesome. Avengers assemble, baby. Oh, maybe it's Rachel who's pretending to be Brian. Yeah. Because Rachel's the only one not pictured in this fight of the fury. Sure. So essentially, they're all trying with all their might and all their different tactics and powers. And adding in the other world magic. The the amount of strength that they need to take down this one fury is ridiculous. Right. And the fact that they all do this and then they're like, yeah, but we got to move it along because this thing reform. regenerates right. really quickly. Right. So that's a crazy foe. Yeah. So and this is where she says 
this mind game trick is not going to work for a third time. Right. Right. So she tricked the Fury to believe that Brian had died previously. Right. And then tricked him again here. Right. Not going to be able to, they're adaptive machines. Right. We got to figure out something else to do. So in the meantime, I'm going to call my brother, Jamie. He going to put this Fury in a pocket dimension. It was interesting, though, also before that, the fact that she's protecting the Avengers from being involved in this. The fact mm. that the Fury would not recognize that that's who they were fighting. Right. They would think the whole time they were fighting Brian. Which I wondered if the Avengers were supposed to have a bigger role in this or if it was going to be something more mm. if this had continued to play out for future issues. Having Iron Man connect so deeply into the X-Men story coming up. I don't Maybe. Know. And then they would come and they would bring in Peggy and it would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But bring in Jamie and his pocket prison. <laughs> yeah, well, put put the Fury in a pocket prison. What an entrance! Oh, Jamie, you stupid buffoon. Yeah, you. Yeah, I don't. <sighs> it's so infuriating. But Tony's line as he leaves, you know, you call, I'll answer. Yeah, and I like the Rachel ribbing the, about it. Yeah. No, no, I like the thank you, Captain. You're welcome, Captain. Oh, yeah. Captain, captains between Captain Britain and Captain America. But then the Avengers go away and stupid, stupid Jamie is like, oh, also. I just had to drop off. Here's Tiny Morgan's whole house and her and Doom. Okay, got to go. Yeah. Like, what the heck, Jamie? Yeah. This, what kind of favor did you really owe her? This is ridiculous. And I don't know if it's because of her magical ties. No, I think or, it's because he's a big, dumb idiot. Sure. Yeah. And he just doesn't care at all. Throughout this, it's like it's, it's dude, wildly you're a upsetting. mutant. Yeah. Like you're a mutant. You know what this means for you. <laughs> but at the same time, he's an omega level mutant that has the ability to reality warp, and yeah. maybe he just thinks he's beyond this. He's gonna go back to other worlds. Oh, it's totally what he thinks. Yeah, Doom. She playing you, Victor. Doom is like so Smitten. manipulated Smitten. here. Look at him. Like, well, we were doing other things anyway. Yeah, I couldn't come out to see the Avengers because I didn't have my iron plates on. Because I was naked. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You made a silly suggestion and I called it straight out. They were doing it. Yeah. Double sex in this issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie's playing Cat's Cradle. Get out of here, Jamie. The words that like this, this character voice for Doom, the fact that Latveria has Morgan Le Fay's back. Yeah. The promise of a nation. This just feels like Doctor Doom. Mm. And her home. I mean, he does have a point about Morgan having a, a right to live here. Yeah. This is her home. She is loved by the people. But you don't need to help her. Sure. Sure. Like, whose side are you on, Jamie? The side of fairness. The side of justice. Boo. Jamie Braddock for president. Poo poo on Prime that. Minister or whatever. Whatever they have. King, Lord. Duke. Duke. Well, everyone's going to yell at you now. The Uncle whole family. Jamie. All together. We're going to stuff you in an egg. Brian going off as Rachel politely corrects him. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, we don't uh, do that, we, though. We don't do that, but maybe we could. Oh, just gosh. Just threats left and right as he comfy, as he's just so comfy sitting in this chair. I chilling. love Amazing Baby coming back in action. Yeah. A couple of shout outs for them in this. And then we've got our, our little nugget in the kitchen. 
Hey, everybody. Stop bragging on Uncle Jamie for just one second. And watch me play toys, but in a sophisticated way as I break down a game plan. Also, why is it so crazy that there are these toys? I just don't think she's ever seen them before. So it's more like, oh, so cool. There's an action figure of me. I mean, Unless like this is suspicious. No, yeah. I think it's the first part. Okay. I was like, why is she, how why do is she you, so upset? How do you have action figures of me that I have been completely unaware of? But not only that, but like also, how do you have action figures of Rachel and the Mom strike team and the strike team? I like, mean, they're public. Kind of weird. They're public no? figures, right? And customizers make figures all the time. Yeah, I guess that's that's. And especially, true. they're the heroes of England. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, I I just this back and forth, right? So they're talking about. Basically, it was a recap of the issue, setting us up for our final. Morgan's Castle, England's reactions, Doom's backing and the impending war. Right, like that's not going to go well. This exchange between Maggie and Brian, just as Maggie's talking about assault <laughs> and then thanking daddy for juice, I died. This was just <laughs> hilarious. Because she's my favorite. She's a little child and you forget that because of how mature she she's talks. She's so smart. And then she's going to be the secret key to the whole thing, I think. Yeah. The twist of the approach, how do we just protect people from her? How do we break into the castle and work our way out from there? Right. And manipulate Morgan's thinking into doing what we actually need her to do. Right. And it's like, listen, we can't do anything about the fact that she's here. And regardless if it was Jamie or someone else who helped her, she would have figured out a way to get here. So now... We got to move on from that problem, pivot to the next. Yeah. Just this needing magic, needing Betsy to be able to do it as a conduit to other world. Honestly, these pages got me excited for the final issue and some resolution on this story. So leaving this issue, I felt better about it than going in. Yeah. Even though, you know, I, I agree that not a whole lot happened. We just, we brought in the Avengers for a distraction kind of, and Especially with a shortened runway. I don't know. It just felt like I would be curious to know, and they can't tell us this because other things are still potentially going to happen. What didn't make the cut? What got shortened? What would have been? Yeah. The one that got away. As we head into Brian's revenge. Okay, so what's happening? What's your question? Lead with your question. Is this Brian? This is actually Brian. How did he get in the pocket dimension with the Fury? He probably punched Jamie in the face. <laughs> so he is settling an old score. It just feels very abrupt. Uh, okay. What do you like, mean? Uh, because on this panel, him and his family are together, chit-chatting, hanging out, and then all of a sudden he's I mean, fighting it does the say, Fury. It does say later, right? It, so it is separating it. it. It is kind of thrown in there. But this, I believe, is the Fury that... Brian has previously fought as Captain Britain. Okay. So this is the one that has beef with him. And he's coming in to say, hey, you're attacking my sister because of a grudge that you have with me. And I'm here to settle that score. Mm. The finale. I want to know. What do you think? I just, I don't know. I, I didn't dislike the issue. It just wasn't my favorite issue. No. I think there were elements. I really liked the Avengers element. I thought there were a lot of really cute character dynamic moments. I mean, us going through it and talking about it made me enjoy it 
more than I did when I read it. I just I just thought it was good. Like it wasn't like, oh my God, this issue is amazing. Or, oh my God, this issue is terrible. It was just like, oh, this is an issue. This was a comic. Yeah, this was a book. And I, I would agree that the, the character dynamics is probably one of the standout points. Yes. We didn't get a whole lot of plot development. No, but I feel like... We never do. <laughs> right. I feel like that seemed consistent pacing-wise. I just feel there are a lot of things that need to be wrapped up in one issue. And I understand that, you know, the the detail of knowing that this was intended to be longer. Which helps with your understanding of where we're at or how fast we have to move and, and maybe the pacing being a little weird in this issue. But It just makes me wonder how long they knew that it was going to end and... It was going to end early, and could there have been something else to not make it feel like so much is like you have to think, okay, what's Coven Akaba doing right now? What's going to happen with the Fury? Like this whole situation with Morgan. Plus, we're building up all this Ascani stuff. That like, is that going to go anywhere? I mean, it it likely will not go anywhere immediately, but you have that on the shelf to be able to play with. Yeah. And that's that's everybody's story, you know. There's so many mutants; they can't tell one character's story forever and ever. The fact that Betsy has been a pretty prominent main character since the start of Krakoa. Yeah, I think I'm not going to. I like this book, and I've liked all of Excalibur, Knights of X, all of that. But I'm not going to be feeling like there's a void of Betsy missing. No. When this is over. No, I feel like I've had my fill on Betsy as Captain Britain. And I've had my fill on Otherworld, personally. I, I felt that halfway through Knights of X, even mm-hmm. though I really enjoyed Knights of X. I was like, okay, we, we did all that work in Ten of Swords to get all those realms, to get all that development, to get all that established. I'm glad that we saw some payoff from it. But do you think the realms in Otherworld will play into Realm of X? Yeah, maybe I don't. I, I believe it's set in other world, or it ha, or it might be more Asgard, mm, or like the Nine Realms. What, Loki? Maybe who knows? <laughs> Hella. Yeah, um, but I, I I didn't hate this book. No, it was by fun. no means did yeah. I hate it. Fourteen oh seven. Graham Malkin wonders why isn't Betsy on the council? Hmm. Which I think is interesting. You, know, I don't believe that ever when we're talking about who should be on the council who shouldn't be on the council that betsy's name comes up no but it makes sense i think the reason that she's not is because the prominence as captain britain the fact that she would basically be pulling a storm right and have her divided attention i feel like if she had been a former captain britain she could bring her leadership skills and her knowledge to the council but i think in in the instance of like the storm of it all. Yeah. I feel like if Betsy was presented with the opportunity to be on the council, she would be like, no, my duty is to other world. Which is great. And and just speaks to her taking her responsibility seriously. Yeah. And to even know where she is now and that a lot of people that are who she's responsible for feel like she's not living up to her duty just furthers that narrative. Yeah. Uh, Derek was also wondering, does this mean that we're going to get a possible Doom wedding between Doom and Morgan Le Fay? He's been itching. Doom has been itching. <laughs> Doom just wants to get married he just wants so to get married. bad. He just wants to settle down and have little robot kids. He just wants to wear another fly outfit like he wore last year's Hellfire Gala. I mean, he won the gala. Yeah, he looked amazing. 
I don't know. I'd be surprised. I'm pretty sure he's getting played. <laughs> and he's going to be even mad, even more mad and turn on Morgan later on. Yeah. I it doesn't seem like she's sincere. Eric Huffman, man, I'm trying so hard, but nothing really happens in BBCB. Two things in the whole book this week. I mean, I love the characters and what's potentially going on. Stress on potential. It's kind of all over and hard to follow sometimes. The big plot points get hidden sometimes, I think. I agree with that. I think sometimes it is hard to follow. Like, what is the objective of the book? Sure. Um, But I think when you take it for the individual character interactions and the slow build of the world, those are the things that you have to latch on to because there's just I think there's just so much story and now we know just not enough time to tell it right and I think part of that comes from Morgan basically being the one driving the story mm. right and and she's not one that we have a full grasp on her complete plans right she's just getting revealed piece by piece as we go along and it's because right this is a book from betsy's perspective but if this was a book from morgan's perspective maybe the pacing would be faster yeah vaderino said really impressive issue setting the stage for some big changes Mm. in the future including betsy having a much larger role in the marvel universe as a whole i think i'd agree with that especially how she's interfacing and, and being this representative to the avengers team could we be about to see more Marvel properties diving into Otherworld? Ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I don't know that we will just because of where things are going with this title. And that feels like Teeny's place in yeah, the Marvel like Universe. Yeah, Teeny Zone. Right. Which, I mean, all it takes, she didn't create Otherworld. Right. But she's been playing in it. So really all it takes is someone else wanting to pick that up and play with it. Hopefully... She defeats Morgan and there's some kind of satisfying ending at the conclusion of next issue where we're not just wondering, hey, what happened to those realms and what's What's going on in other worlds? Are they okay? Mercator up to who even is Saturnine? (laughs) Saturnine. Where's she been? Right. That's it. That's it. That's all we got. Well, it was a good issue. It was a good... Actually, no. It was a good week of comics. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. That's the name of the title. That's, that's the, the name that's, of the episode. That's the name of the episode. What um, What's coming at me next week? Because you said, well, hold on to your butts, basically. I did, because it's a bunch. A bunch. Invincible Iron Man number seven. Unclear if it has anything to do with X-Men. Mm. Number six had that flashback with emma i've been reading the whole series the entire time i've been enjoying it so we'll see i probably won't put it in the weekly post until i realize oh no it is same thing that i did with issue six right you'll read it and if it's x-men related we'll all know yeah and then if it is i'll read it too but maybe i'll read it who knows i think you should read it regardless just because it's going to be completely tied in later on right okay plus i'm just trying to get you to read more and more (laughs) Bishop War College number five, which I was oh, surprised to see already. on this list. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that's a timing thing or. Interesting. Got to get it out before the fall, probably. Yeah. A double dose of Bishop as we get X-Men before the fall mutant first strike. Ooh, maybe that's why. Maybe there's something that has to wrap up in Bishop before we can mutant first strike. Maybe. X-Men 23. The Stark Sentinel on the cover. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And 
Immortal X-Men number 12. Yes. Colossus's issue. I just love Immortal X-Men. It's like if Immortal X-Men or X-Men Red is in the lineup, I'm happy. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Well, even X Men too. I really enjoy X Men. Even Wolverine sometimes. And X Force. And X Force. Some eh, more Wolverine than X Force, but yes, them both. And then I got a bunch. Daredevil's coming out. Spider Man's coming out. Daredevil. When since when are you reading Daredevil again? I have the entire run. This is issue twelve, and it's <gasps> ending in like a couple. What? I started, I started picking I, it up after Devil's Reign. I just remember when I was looking through the box of bins of comics that you got, I was like, oh, there's Daredevil comics in here. Are you going to start reading Daredevil again? Yeah, and I chuckled to myself. and I was. You were like, haha, I'm still reading that. I've been reading Daredevil all along. <laughs> I binged the beginning run, uh, Chip Zdarsky's run that then led into Devil's Reign for Devil's Reign and then really enjoyed that and then picked up. The new relaunch. Just kept it going. Which is ending soon, and I'm sad about it oh, because I I'm thought sorry. it was really good. Other things that I heard amazing things about Punisher, which I haven't oh, been reading. Oh, jeez, And it ties up. Well, I mean, it, it's ending or it's it's getting to another phase. So you can binge it on Marvel Unlimited. That part. <laughs> I'm not going back and picking up the issues. Once they're digital, I don't need them. Oh. Especially, well, especially if it's a comic that I'm only. Yeah, that you're reading a, and not collecting. Tertiary interest. Well, okay then. We did it. Yay! Until next time, old friend. Jaws in charge. No more. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 